0: Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back or welcome for the first time. I have no idea if this is your first episode or if you've been with me on the journey. This is episode number 11. And I'm excited to come to you today to be talking about what it looks like to be awake to our life. Sort of this idea between kind of punching it in, sleepwalking through life going through the motions, living this vanilla space where it's just like, you know what, I'm just punching it in. This is what life is supposed to look like. This is what everybody tells me life is supposed to look like. So therefore it must be so. But what makes you different and why you're here, I'm guessing is because you know in your heart, you believe with all your might that there's got to be more than this punch it in vanilla culture driven life that so many people are living And you are ready for something more, something deeper. There's something inside of you that longs to hear from God, to connect with Him and connect deeper with other people. And if that's you, that's me too. So we have found each other. We are each other's people and we're here for it. So today I want to talk about waking up to your life and why that's so important, maybe how you can do that in some specific ways and why it's actually so fun even though sometimes it would feel easier to just sleepwalk through life, quite honestly. So I have been reading this series, this novel called Sensible Shoes. I know, don't let the title sway you. It doesn't sound all that exciting, to be honest. And the first time I heard about it, I was like, sensible shoes? I mean, I like sensible shoes because I'm getting older and my back hurts and my feet hurt. So yeah, but I hate to admit that I like sensible shoes. So I was like, I'm definitely not reading a book called Sensible Shoes. But I have to tell you, As someone who enjoys a good read, a good novel, and is just like super nerd when it comes to spiritual formation, I was like, oh my gosh, I actually really do like this book. And so throughout some of these episodes, I'm going to bring you some of these quotable quotes because they just are so good and we can unpack them. And in the beginning of the book, this this whole book series is about these four women from very different walks of life. They find each other, they get connected through church, and they all sign up for something called The Sacred Journey and they all come from, like I said, varied backgrounds. They are messy, messy people. They all have stuff they're working through, which is what I love. So it's not like this perfect little setting with these perfect little people, but they, they are all invited to something called the sacred journey. And the books chronicle each woman's challenges that she goes through and the, the invitations that God brings her toward growth and connection. And I found it really, really engaging and fun. And in the beginning of the very first book, Sensible Shoes, there's this woman named Mara, and she has been invited to go into this spiritual formation group, the Sacred Journey group, and she is trying to figure out any reason to say no, because she's like, oh my gosh, this just does not sound like anything that I want to do. So she's reading the brochure for this, and it says the Sacred Journey, This is the this is the brochure. The sacred journey is a pilgrimage for those who are thirsty for more of God. This journey is for all those who are dissatisfied with living on the surface and who want to travel deeper into God's heart. We invite you to come and explore spiritual disciplines as we seek to create sacred space for God. And it says, Mara stopped reading. There, she'd found it. I hate the word discipline, she said. I already feel guilty and I haven't even gone. I know, says Don. lots of people have the same reaction. But spiritual disciplines aren't laws or rules to follow. They're tools that help us create space in our lives so God can work within us. We can't transform ourselves, that's God's work, by God's grace. But disciplines help us cooperate with the work of the Spirit. Mara communicated her cynicism with a frown. Think of it this way, Mara. We don't have the power to make the sun rise, but we can choose to be awake when it happens. Spiritual disciplines help us stay awake. And that is exactly the point, the phrase, the sentence that just stopped me in my tracks. I loved it. We don't have the power to make the sun rise, but we can choose to be awake when it happens. Spiritual disciplines help us stay awake. So what does it look like to be awake to your life? I, I I love that description as well because who doesn't love the sunrise? It's so beautiful. The, the birds are chirping. You've got maybe a hot cup of coffee in your hand. You're probably still in your jammies and your slippers. And if you're up early enough, you can just step outside peek over the horizon and there's that first ray of sun. This new day is dawning. And, and it's so true that God's mercies are new every morning. So there's this moment in the morning where the sun comes up and you have the sun shining on your face and you're like, anything can happen today. This is a new day. Yesterday's troubles are gone and passed, but I'm starting a new day. But here's the rub. It's very hard to get up early and see the sunrise. Why? because we want to be asleep. We want to be in bed under the covers, all cozy, hitting the snooze button. And yet this this truth is hitting us right between the eyes, literally, if we're looking for the sunrise that says you have this choice in every moment of every day. Do you want to be awake to your life so that you can experience those sunrise moments so that you can experience the moments of God that he's bringing to you, where he wants to make his presence known, his character known, where he wants to guide you and comfort you? Do you want to be awake to that? Or do you want to be kind of tucked under the covers, warm and cozy as the world would have it, but missing out, missing out on opportunities, missing out on collaborating with God because you are asleep to your life? I have thought about this so so often. And I love Dr. Kurt Thompson. He's one of my very favorite authors to follow. And he says that one of the keys to life and being awake to your, to your life is to pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Let me repeat that. Pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Why do we want to pay attention to our life? So that we can connect with God, so that we can connect with others, so we, we can be aware of what's going on. We can have Our eyes open to opportunities that he's bringing to us. I love this, this underscore of scripture in the, in the voice translation, Ephesians chapter five, verses 13 through 15. It says, when the light shines, so imagine the sunlight is coming, right? When the light shines, it exposes even the dark and shadowy things and turns them into pure reflections of light. This is why they sing, awake, you sleeper rise from your grave and the anointed one will shine on you. So be careful how you live. Be mindful of your steps. Don't run around like idiots as the rest of the world does. Instead, walk as the wise. Yes, my friends, the voice translation used the word idiot. So, Paul is talking to us about this idea of light versus dark, being awake versus being asleep. And why do we want to be awake? So that we can behold the light. Because when the light comes in, the light of Jesus comes in and starts shining over your life. It exposes the dark and shadowy things. It exposes the things that are not good, that are not healthy, the things that are bringing death, physically, metaphorically, emotionally speaking, and the light will come in and it will help you rise from this metaphorical grave, from any sort of spiritual grave, and it will, will bring you out into life again. So be careful how you live. Be mindful of your steps. Don't run around like idiots as the rest of the world does. Hey, we love, we love people. We love people, but well, we don't want to be described as an idiot. We, I, I don't know about you, but as for me and hopefully my house, we want to walk as the wise. So how do we do that? How do we stay awake to our life, walking as wise people? In this Sensible Shoes book, she's talking about spiritual disciplines. And one thing that I love, you know I love this, is to be writing things down. So when I start to use the word writing or journaling, I know it triggers a bunch of you for sure because you're like, oh my gosh, writing, I don't really like to write. I never really liked writing in high school. I don't I don't do that kind of thing. I can't write, I can't spell. Listen, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna make a case today as to why writing things down, paying attention to your life and writing things down is so amazing and it can bring about these like, joyful, laughable, like, are you kidding me, God, kind of moments in your life when you begin to pay attention and write things down. So first of all, what is, what does it mean to pay attention? I think it just means to pay attention. How do you like that? I'm going to give that one to you for free. It means being aware of, of how you're feeling, what you are thinking what your interactions are looking like. There's a a deep level of self-awareness and others' awareness. It means observing, opening your eyes, paying attention to what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What are other people thinking and feeling? Now, not to the degree that we start shifting who we are because of what other people think. That is a counterfeit way of staying awake in the world. But paying attention to what you're paying attention to. In each and every moment going, why is this hitting me this way? Why am I acting this way, not in a way of shaming yourself, but in a way of, of being observant so that you can move through those thoughts and feelings, move through those, those moments into a deeper self-awareness, into emotion of moving forward, and don't dismiss how you're feeling. Now, we don't give our feelings ultimate control over, over who we are and how we live and make these emotional decisions based on our feelings, our feelings are indicators of something deeper that's happening. For example, I was talking to a woman the other day on the phone, and she was telling me about a struggle that she has in the workplace and that she's the boss in in her place of work and she has a couple of of employees that are talking to her in a manner that is that feels to her disrespectful. They're not really giving her the benefit of the doubt and she's really struggling with how they are interacting and how they are communicating together. And she said to me, maybe I'm just being too sensitive. Maybe they have a point and I'm just too sensitive and I need to pull it together and figure it out and shift my ways. And right there, when she said, maybe I'm being too sensitive, I said, okay, stop right there. When you say maybe I'm being too sensitive.'" all of a sudden you are, you are bringing yourself into a dark place. You are, you're shrinking back and you are wearing this cloak of shame, sort of supposing that all of this is your fault. You are the one that is misunderstanding. You are the one that needs to shift. Now, there are times of course, when we need to kind of shake it, shake things off and pull our heads out of our rear ends and say, Whoa, I am acting like an idiot. Again, back to the idiot phrase, we do not want to be walking around like idiots. So if there's a moment where you know that you know, again, we're going back to last last podcast episode where I was like, you know you. You know if you're acting like an idiot and you need to just shake it off and pull it together. But there are way more times when it's just, it's a nuanced thing and you don't need to say, you don't need to shame yourself and say, maybe I'm being too sensitive. The point is, Whatever's happening in that moment, whatever interaction, whatever conversation is happening, she's feeling, quote, sensitive about it. It's hitting a nerve in some way and she needs to pay attention to it. That's all that this is. Pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Not, don't begin to label it and dismiss it and especially do not start to shame yourself and put this cloak of shame on that's like, well, maybe it's me. I'm the problem. We don't need a Taylor Swift the moment. I'm the problem. It's me. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. So spiritual disciplines bring us to a place where we are paying attention to the things that are just causing us a little extra angst. If it's bringing joy, pay attention to that and say, Lord, this thing is bringing me joy, and I'm so thankful and grateful, and I'm giving you praise in this moment. Pay attention to that joy. How can we recreate this? What is happening right now that's bringing me joy? And we know that God is a God of abundance and he wants to bring more joy into your life. When it's something different, when you are paying attention to your thoughts and feelings and they are more tender and sensitive and nuanced and frustrated, whatever that is, go, what is setting me off right now? And why do I need to know about this? So I believe that staying awake to your life is to pay attention to what you're paying attention to And when you discover something, when you kind of hit the nail on the head and go, wait a minute, why am I reacting this way? Why is my jaw clenched? Why is my heart fluttering? Why do I want to spout off in anger right now? What is it that's quote triggering me, right? There's all these words that we can unpack and I can't decide if I even like that word or not, but why is this thing hitting me in such a way that I feel off? I feel out of alignment. I need to pay attention. And so I would say, begin to write some things down. One of the spiritual disciplines that I absolutely love is journaling. Again, I don't want to set anybody off with this word about journaling because all of a sudden you might just shut the podcast off and move on to the next thing because journaling sounds difficult. It sounds hard. It sounds like a spiritual discipline, like you have to. But what I'm talking about is not journaling in, in, in a heavy way. It's actually this moment where you get to write out on paper exactly what's happening, exactly what you're thinking about, and asking God to shed his light over the situation. You might write something down that is exciting, a vision that is coming to you, and you're like, hey, Lord, this I'm paying attention to this because it feels out of the ordinary. It feels interesting. It feels like something I want to pay attention to. I'm going to write it down so that I have this record that you can shed your light over. What do you want me to know about this thing? Other times, what we're journaling, what we're writing down are our deep-seated emotions, stuff that we're wrestling with, challenging things that are coming to our life. And we, we release those to the Lord and we say, Lord, you tell me that there's more to this life than what I can see. We know that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. That's what I'm feeling right now is that this life is stealing from me. Something is destroying my my joy. And so you, Jesus, you come to bring abundance. You come to bring life and have it to the full. So show me, show me how you want to bring life to the full in this situation. I'm open and I'm ready to receive. But I love specifically writing things down, even if you don't understand why you're writing it down. I cannot underscore this enough. Part of paying attention to your life is trusting that everything that God can speak at any moment, through any means necessary, through a vision, through the clock on the wall, through whatever it is, if, he's, if he made all and he's in all, then it stands to reason that he can communicate through those things. So I love to write down, and I'm going to give you two stories right now about dates specifically dates on the calendar that I had written down. And when I paid attention to what was happening on those dates, there was a future moment. I did not know at the time, but there was a future moment that God was going to come back in on that exact date on the calendar and speak to me and show me, illuminate the path that he wanted for me in those moments. The first one is the date of August 23rd. So, back when we were praying about adopting our youngest two kids and really kind of asking the Lord, seeking the Lord in this, there was a moment in the summer of 2010. I had just dropped off my two older kids at school, my biological kids at school, and it was August 23rd. And he, I just felt very distinctly from the Holy Spirit, he said, Don't go about your day, just wipe your calendar clear. Don't do the things that you were planning on doing. Go home. And I want you to spend the day fasting and praying and specifically journaling about this thing adoption. So I went home and I shut off all my notifications, kind of turned off the phone, just hoped the school school wouldn't call and I spent the day looking through scripture and asking the Lord to reveal what do you want to say about adoption? do you have anything to say about taking care of orphans? And it turns out, yeah, he has a lot to say. So I spent a lot of, of the day writing down verse after verse about orphan adoption, whatever. And at the top of the page, of course, I put August 23rd, fasting, praying, and then fast forward a few months and we had decided, yes, we were going to follow God into this journey of adoption. And when we emailed our adoption agency and said, yes, we were quite possibly ready to do this. And we were actually thinking about a sibling set. So the Lord had given my husband a vision about actually, we're going to adopt two kids, not just one. And I was like, all right, let's do it. If the Lord is speaking, the Lord is speaking. And so immediately the the care center, the adoption agency emailed me back and they said, Hey, here are some waiting children. That's what they call kids that are in care centers and waiting to be adopted, waiting children. And here are their profiles and here are their pictures. And so you can see them right now. Of course, my heart just like dropped into my stomach. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real. This is becoming real. How, how can I possibly decide? And because we knew we were open to two children and we had a boy and a girl, we were really, it was on our heart and mind to pray, Lord, we would love a boy and a girl. And so immediately there were, there were some sibling sets, there were boys, there were girls, but there was one particular sibling set that was a boy and a girl. And when I looked into their eyes and I looked into their faces, I mean, immediately the Holy Spirit was like, these are your kids. And I looked at the top of the page. So here's this intake form with the very first picture of them, the very first day that they were dropped off and relinquished in this care center. And wouldn't you know it, the date at the top of the page is August 23rd, 2010. Immediately in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness. I grabbed my journal. I flipped back in the pages. I was like, wait, when was I at home fasting and praying, specifically seeking the Lord about this journey? Wouldn't you know it? August 23rd, 2010. And I was like, all right, Lord, I don't know how this is all going to end up, but I'm trusting in this this laser focused moment, August 23rd, you were speaking to me, August 23rd, these two arrive at the care center. You have purposed for us to be together and we are moving forward with this. It was amazing. And it was like this, this Holy Spirit moment that I hung to and clung to even in the darkest of days. Like, Lord, this feels hard. This is hard. This is, I don't know which way we're going to go here, but I know that you spoke to me and you confirmed it through a date on the calendar. I'm gonna hold on to that and trust you in this process. Amazing. That date has always just really amazed me at that story. The next moment is a decade later in 2020, actually. So in 2020, I was like probably most of you uh, online a lot, because that's about all we could be doing in the spring of 2020. And I was specifically connected to a Facebook page. And there was a a woman who would love to share words from the Lord and share prophecy and things that she was hearing. And there was one specific moment at the end of April in 2020, when she said, ask the Lord to give you a date, meaning like a date on the calendar. So I'm like sitting there listening, like, okay, I don't know what date is going to pop into my head. And in that moment, I had this vision of May 2nd. So 5-2, May 2nd. I was like, oh, May 2nd. All right, I guess that's the date that that the Lord is giving me in a vision and I have no idea why or what it means, but all right. So fast forward a few days later, And it became the actual date on the calendar, May 2nd. And I was reading my utmost for his highest. You know, my friend Oswald Chambers is one of my very favorite devotionals. And I was reading his devotional from May 2nd, which is the date that the Lord had dropped in my head a few days earlier. And wouldn't you know it, the Bible verse for May 2nd is from Habakkuk 2, verse 3. And Habakkuk 2 verse 3 talks about receiving a vision from the Lord. And when you receive a vision from the Lord, you write it down and you make it plain. And even if it delays, even though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come to pass. So Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 has been a life verse of mine. Ever since I started writing, so for years, every time I come across Habakkuk two three, if I see it in on a poster or in a devotional, I immediately my spiritual antenna like perks right up, and I'm like, Lord, I'm paying attention because this verse you have spoken to me through this verse before, and I'm paying attention. So a few days, pr- you know, earlier he'd given me the date May second. I turn in my devotionals from Oswald Chambers. It's Habakkuk 2 verse 3 on May 2nd. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is my life verse. I have no idea what it means, but I just sense that you were asking me to pay attention to this May 2nd. All right, fine. Now we are moving right on to 2023. So just a couple of months ago, I'm getting ready to launch my book. And I had really my, my whole goal when I was writing Untangled Faith was to have it ready to be able to have copies in hand at our retreat in Minnesota at the end of April. And so I am so proud to say that Lisa, Lisa and I, Lisa Fahey of Farmhouse Publishings and I, we just brought this team together and just the Holy Spirit was moving and we were able to produce this book and bring it about for the soft launch at the end of April in Minnesota. So, I'm packing up to go speak at this retreat and packing my fifty pounds of books. I had suitcases that I had to weigh on the scale because you know you can't you can't pack heavier than fifty pounds. And books are heavy as it turns out. So anyway, I've got my books all packed up and I'm in my hotel room on the very first morning before the the conference starts that afternoon. And and the Lord had prompted me to bring a journal. So when I was packing, it was so weird. I was packing and I was looking at my journals and and the Lord was like, he just gave me this vision, pack your 2020 journal. i like, pack my 2020 journal. Why would you want me to do that? So I'm like, all right, I packed my tiny, I can slip it right in. So I packed my 2020 journal. So on that morning, I'm I'm reading it and I'm like, whoa, okay, Lord, why did you ask me to pack this journal? I don't know, surely there's something tucked away in these pages. So when I go back, I'm reminded of this. I had written down this Date of May 2nd. And that this Habakkuk 2 3 verse, though, at Terry, wait for it. And in my 2020 journal, I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, I can't believe it. It's May 2nd. And now you're confirming it with this verse, et cetera, et cetera. And in that moment, I was like, wait one blasted minute. This is bananas. Because Lisa and I had talked about when was my book launch going to be. So remember, my original May 2nd writings was from 2020. We are now in 2023. I have decided that the deadline for this book, the soft launch is going to be the end of April because I'm going to speak at this retreat, but the actual, like the quote unquote hard launch when I'm going to really drive traffic and get the energy up and get the communications up. We had said, hey, you're going to be coming back on Sunday. Why don't we set the book launch date for, come on now, you know what I'm going to say, May 2nd. I had no idea. When we decided in 2023 to set the the book launch date for May 2nd, I had no recollection or remembrance that three years prior, God had dropped that date into my spirit and had confirmed through scripture that this was going to be an important date. And I just was like in my hotel room by myself, like, you've got to be kidding me. This is crazy. So I'm just here to say that it's so fun to pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Pay attention to the little things, the big things. If you have a dream that is seems interesting or confusing, write it down. God could be speaking to you through that. And if you want to talk about how God speaks through dreams, I've got all kinds of resources and a fantastic podcast that I could that I could recommend for you. And maybe I'll do another episode on dreams. But he can speak through dreams. He can speak through dates. He can speak through times. He can speak definitely through scripture, through other people. I mean, the list is endless how he does that. We know that we cannot control life. We know that the stars are in his hands, that he's the one that creates the sunrise. He does that. He brings things about. He, he sets kings up and he tears them down, kingdoms up and tears them down. Like the world is in God's hands. And yet he's such a beautiful, intimate, loving God that he invites you and I to be part of it. He's like, listen, not everybody is awake to life. In fact, most people may be sleepwalking through life right now, not really paying attention. And that is their right to do so. But if you are here, if your heart beats just a little bit faster when I talk about these types of things, it's because the Holy Spirit is inviting you to be awake to your life, to be paying attention to what God wants to show you because he wants to collaborate with you. He wants to download ideas and dreams and visions in your spirit that he wants to bring about on the earth through you. I don't know what that is but I would love to hear from you. If there's something that you're like, oh man, God is, is, he's downloaded this idea. He's giving me this stirring. What do I do with it? You know that I would love to hear from you. You can message me on social media, set up a free connection call, because I don't know exactly how he's going to bring this about, but if you're feeling it, it is worth paying attention to and it's worth exploring because my gut, my belief, my trust, my faith is that He wants to show you something so special. And so many times it's just between you and Him. If I weren't telling you right now on this podcast about August 23rd or about May 2nd, you wouldn't know, but I know. And in those moments, it's just this tender, intimate moment between me and the Holy Spirit because I know exactly what he showed me, and what he is now confirming through a date on the calendar. Isn't that crazy? So write some things down. I love you guys. Just hit me up. Let's keep talking. And you know, if you want to dive a little deeper, definitely check out my book on Amazon, Untangled Faith, How Honest Conversations with God Lead to Deeper Connections, Clarity, and Peace. And of course, the journal. If you want to see one of, the very fun reels that I just posted, go back onto my Instagram and look for a sweet reel from my, my friend David sent me his 85 year old father. He asks his 85 year old father, dad, what are you reading? And he says, untangled faith. I've already read it once and I'm going through it again. So this book I'm telling you is for everybody. And if you're in a space in a place in life where where you don't know how to talk to your loved ones, you wish you had a a creative way to, to begin to have these conversations of life and faith, share a podcast episode with them. Give them a copy of my book because David has told me that this book has opened up avenues for he and his wife to have conversations about life and faith specifically with their aging parents. So you just never know how God's gonna use it. I'm thankful for you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me and I can't wait to connect again next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.